0: Well, Hey everybody, I'm Duke LaMastra and you're listening to the Simple Power Podcast where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. Just want to say thank you so much for tuning in this week. It's really an honor just to share with you in this context every single week, so really appreciate you being here. If this is the first time that you're tuning in or you haven't subscribed yet, just want to invite you, if you get anything out of... This week's episode, if it matters to you in any way, consider subscribing and maybe even share it with one or two people that you know that you think could be able to benefit from it as well. I'm here with my friend, Sean White. We've known each other for, man, a bunch of years. Sean is the pastor. He's the lead pastor at Gateway Church. He's a man of God. But I've just seen you and I've seen your, your brokenness before the Lord, Sean, and your willingness to just kind of keep your hands open before the Lord and say, you know what, God, this ministry that I'm building, it's not about me. It's not for me. It's not for my personal gain or advancement or anything like that. It's all about you. And I, I love the the culture that Gateway has. Um, the handful of times that I've been able to come up there and uh, meet with you guys and just spend a little bit of time with you. There's a family atmosphere. Uh, you had a, a post on social media from I think it was this past Sunday where you walked in to get ready to to preach to the live stream and on all the chairs there were pictures of your church members oh that's so awesome that somebody would take the time to get all these pictures so that and your comment was I'm not preaching to an empty auditorium today because I can actually see my church I can see my family and you know I just really think the culture that you guys have up there is such a testament to the leadership that's gone before you, for sure. Pastor Phil is just such an incredible, incredible man of God, and set such an awesome foundation for for Gateway. I've seen you and Claire, and the leadership there really just keep your hands open before the Lord and say, "God, this is all about You." And I think there's even been times where you've stood back and you've looked at what you've what you have and what you're you're, you're building there for the kingdom of God, and said, "Lord, this is bigger than me. This is so much bigger than I am." and so it just calls you to just depend on the grace of God on the faithfulness of God and i heard the lord say there's a there's a scripture in in the psalms one of those psalms actually i think it's i think it's 126 psalm 126 it says uh, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy and then the, the next verse and i think it's actually i think it's verses 5 and 6 the next verse says that those who continually go out weeping, but bringing their seed with them for sowing, surely or certainly, I can't remember exactly the word that it uses, they they will return with shouts of joy. I know that it hasn't always been easy for you guys, but you guys have continued to make decisions that are maybe not always popular, but that put Jesus first. And, what you've seen is really just scratching the surface of what God is going to do. He's increasing even more your influence and your just the abundance of his presence in the midst of you guys because again he's been it's it's been this openness, this brokenness before the Lord to say, "God, we want you." Like what Moses said, he's like, "If if your presence doesn't go up with us from this place, then we're not going." And that's been the cry of your hearts is is just the presence of God in the midst of you and you're raising up that kind of a generation. You're creating that kind of a culture. And so anyway, brother, I can sit here and talk about gateway all day long, but then we're not going to get to the, get to the point. But anyway, all that to say, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that you're here for taking the time out. I know that these are busy days for you. Thanks so much. How, how are you doing? How's the family and and the church and everything? Uh, How are you guys kind of navigating
1: through this crisis and, and everything that's going on right now with COVID? Yeah. Um, well, one first off, just thank you for everything that you said. It was um, <laughs> hopefully this thing doesn't flop after you've just uh, uh, built me up that way. So, um, but I really do appreciate your heart and just everything you said there. So, thank you, Duke. Um, yeah, we are. We're we're doing well. We're 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 navigating through things. We're figuring things out as we go. And uh, you know, my family's doing well. My daughter actually just turned 13 today, which is crazy. I That's feel crazy. Old. It is very crazy. Yes, yeah, so we're we're homeschooling uh, right now with with the with uh, school being you know out of session and yeah the church is doing well it's just it's required a lot of a lot more communication um, just reaching out to people every day and thankfully I have a really good team of leaders in our church who you know ministry leaders and Connect Group leaders who are just making sure that people are being reached out to and I have a team of people also that have just called everybody up all of our members just to make sure that. If there are any needs, any prayer requests. So um, people are staying in contact, which is good. And then we're just meeting online right now. So everything, I mean, as you yeah. know, and all the pastors yeah. are doing right now, they're kind of been forced into this. It's always been like, you know, we really should get into live streaming our services. It's just unfortunate that it took a Same worldwide here, pandemic Same. for us to actually get into this. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're still very hopeful. You know, and I want to be careful using that word excited, but I am just expectant yes um that's that god's doing something in the midst of all this i just i'm not fearful i'm not scared i I, i'm hopeful and um i haven't been scared of anything through all of this i just i've got a pastor who's yeah he's he's in the hospital right now with pneumonia struggling with COVID 19 we've been praying for him you know there's there's families that have lost their jobs we had a family in our church who had COVID 19 and they've recovered and so i know this is affecting people in in real ways and hard ways and um, I don't want to detract from that at all. Um, this is a serious thing that's that's going on. But at the same sure. time, I don't believe it's for nothing. You know, I, I do believe that God has this amazing ability of turning things around for the good when we yes. have just messed everything up. So, yeah,
0: yeah just to say, and, and we'll get off this in a second. This actually is going to lead into the the topic for today too. I don't even yeah. think I mentioned that, everybody. So sorry about that. But Sean's going to share a little bit with us today about expectancy for the season that we're in for what God is doing, and even some things about how we should be responding. And definitely, bro, like for you guys up there, that New York, New Jersey area, it's a real deal up there. I don't want to be insensitive to anything that's going on because people really are struggling and they really are. You know, obviously people have lost loved ones and people are fighting for their lives right now. But like you said, at the same time, God is such a redeemer. And he's so good at causing all things to work together for our good. That doesn't mean that everything is good. It doesn't mean that everything comes from God. It doesn't mean that God causes sickness or storms or anything like that. But he's so faithful. It's just his nature and his character to take the worst things and to just make them work together with with his goodness and to to bring about good and to bring about change and to bring about different things. So you're going to share with us a little bit just about that expectation for the season we're living in yeah. and building the kingdom of God and going forward. And I'm just excited, man. I'm excited to listen to you. So let's, cool. uh, you can start wherever you want, man. And let's, let's go for it.
1: All right. I'm trying to figure that out right now where we're going to start, but I do think that having a kingdom perspective is so important. I mean, this is Jesus begins his ministry, right? I mean, he starts off preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yes. And that word repentance. A lot of people, they don't get that one right. Metanoia means it's a lot of times people have this picture of like a priest whipping himself because I'm so sorry, God, I'm so sorry, but, and I'm sure there's some remorse. That's it's supposed that can be included in this idea of repentance. Yeah. But this word repentance, it, it means to change meta metanoia, change how you think or change what, you know, to think rightly, to think again. And so he's saying, think again, Think differently. The kingdom is here. Yes. Right. And so, because you, you you you're not going to be able to see it otherwise, and and so he begins his whole ministry this this way of just let's let's rethink things. Yeah. And you know your your whole life is transformed by how you think. And so he begins his ministry preaching the kingdom of God. Matthew 33, Seek first the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. He goes. He preaches the kingdom all the way up into his death. Yes. This has to be important. Okay. Yeah. The next forty days after the resurrection, he's preaching the kingdom of God. And so I think we really need to get a hold of this. What does a kingdom perspective look like? And with a kingdom perspective, it's a resurrection perspective. You know, we look at this world, yeah, it's ugly. And there's difficulties and there's problems. And, you know, there's these three things that we keep on drawing back to. These three things remain. It's faith, hope, and love. Faith, though, requires a fight. So you have to have fights in order to actually exercise faith. Wow. Hope requires, you know, it's it's more than just wishful thinking. We talk about hope. Hope, hope is, wishful thinking is like, I, I, I wish I get a Ferrari, I wish I win the lottery. But hope is more than that. Hope is about expectation. We're talking about yeah. expectation, which comes from a kingdom perspective. You know, in yeah. order to have hope, you actually have, in order to exercise hope, you actually have to be put in hopeless situations in order to exercise hope, right? And then love, you know, it's easy to love people when people love you in return. Someone stabs yeah. you in the back and hurts you. And yeah. So like, that's, that's a lot harder. Yeah. yeah. Jesus gave us this one command. I want you to love people the way I've loved you. Sounds easy. It's not.
0: No, it's, it's like not. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. It's really
1: hard. Yeah. It's like, thanks, Jesus. Yeah. Totally messed up my life there. So... <laughs> yeah,
0: and when Jesus really. came, when Jesus came teaching the kingdom, and you look at, like, the Beatitudes and all that stuff, and you look at Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and how he's going through the Sermon on the Mount, as we call it, and he's, and he's teaching, and it's all this stuff about, well, you've heard it said this, well, I say right. to you this, It's all this stuff about love your enemies, do good to those who persecute you. And you're like, what? Hold on a second. How does this work? But that's what he he was establishing the thought process of his kingdom, right? Exactly. And saying, this is how you guys have seen it done in the past. But I'm telling you now, because Jesus came, he's sort of in this process of like transitioning them from law consciousness, law mindedness to grace consciousness, where so many people, I'm going to give it back to you in a second, bro. But so many people think that under grace it's like well I guess I can do whatever I want and under grace then I don't have to work I don't have these responsibilities because Jesus already did everything and yeah he did everything for you he died on the cross he took your sin he did all that so like you said with repentance we're not beating ourselves up and whipping ourselves like you don't have to do any of that kind of stuff anymore because he he paid the price for us so when we give our lives to him we live in his grace not in our own ability to be perfect or anything like that. But grace actually, it doesn't, grace doesn't give you permission to break all the rules. What grace does, it empowers you to live rightly, recognizing that it's not about your ability to keep yourself in that place of holiness, but he's brought you there. He's put you in that place. He's given you his righteousness. And so it's actually, it's empowerment. It's that Mm -hmm. like you're talking about the resurrection. It's that resurrection power yeah. Because the spirit of God, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he lives inside of us. He gives yeah. life to our mortal bodies and he gives us this ability, this power, this grace, this favor to walk with him and to be a part of that, of the establishment of his kingdom. But anyway, all that to say that he comes teaching uh, about his kingdom and so much of of what his kingdom is about it's it's taking it from one level to a completely otherworldly level of yes anybody can love those who love who love them yeah but to love your enemies to love those who persecute you to go two miles with the guy who's who is forcing you by law to go with him one to turn the other cheek to the guy that just slapped like all this kind of stuff you're like what jesus come on like but it's it's the nature of his kingdom And it's the nature of who he is.
1: Yeah. So he's, he just changed everything for everybody. I mean, so faith requires a fight. Hope requires hopeless situations. Love requires enemies. You know, you take a step back from this world and you look at it really well. And it's like, man, God really knows what he's doing. He's perfecting us. He's changing us through everything that we go through. It means that everything we go through, it's not for nothing. And so, you know, we look at this kingdom perspective and it's, it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, it really is not for the faints of heart. You know, I heard one guy say, you know, any dead fish can flow with the current. Mm. It takes a live fish to swim against it. Yes. And you can kind of just go with the flow. But the Bible says, you know, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. <laughs> be transformed by the way that you think. Good. And so Jesus starting his whole thing about repentance. Change how you think. There's the kingdom of God here. I want you to grab a hold of this. I mean, here's this guy who just shakes up everything. Yeah. The whole system, right? You're talking about Jesus coming in, doing something new. There's a reason why your Bible split in two. Old Testament, New Testament, right? And, and, uh, and so Jesus, he comes and he shakes up 1,600 years of Jewish culture, religion, politics, education. Wow. And just says, we're not doing this anymore. And this is why he was crucified. They didn't like what he was doing. He yeah. was taking everyone away from the old covenant system. He was establishing a new covenant, a covenant of grace, like you mentioned. And grace is not a license to stay immature. It's the empowering presence of God upon you, yeah. you know, to live rightly. And so Jesus shakes up 1,600 years of Jewish culture, religion, politics, and, you know, all this type of stuff. And then when you see him come into Jerusalem riding on a donkey and they go and he goes from there into the temple, business as usual, right? Right. Right. Um, this is just the way things are, yeah. And he just flips over everything. He flips over the the, the loan sharks are there. The mob is there. I'm from New Jersey, so you know the mob. Is, the mob is there, and um, the crooked politicians are there. He turns over all the tables, shoes them all out. He just shakes everything up. You have to be conscious of the shaking or the turbulence that's taking place in your life, because the turbulence in your life is an indicator that a change is coming. And I really do think that the the condition of the temple or the church is symbolic for where the nation is at. He goes in there, flips over everything, and then this beautiful thing happens. The lame come in, the blind come in, And he heals them. Basically, what was prohibiting the supernatural from flowing in the church is now able to flow in the church because he's removing the business as usual mindset from the church. Wow. So that his passion for the supernatural to take place, I want to see that take place in the church. And not only that, the little children come in and they start worshiping jesus it's like the next generation of worshipers we need to get a hold of the next generation of worshipers they need to be in the church wow they gotta we gotta raise up the next generation and so what what prohibits that is the business as usual mindset wow and then not only that then the people start coming in and jesus is basically going to be preaching until he he's crucified until he's arrested and so he's in there, people are hanging on every word and faith is being ignited just through hearing the words of Jesus. And this is what the church exists for. Now, I don't think that God caused what we see to take place. I think God is just so sovereign, he has the ability to turn everything around for the good. Yes. You know, and so we mess up and we, we can really screw things up. And, but I do believe that God, and I heard this from Graham Cook and I was talking to you about this, that God will allow in his wisdom what he could very easily prevent by his power if he believes it's for your good. Otherwise, you know, it's just, we don't learn, we don't grow, we don't develop. Faith requires a fight. Hope requires hopeless situations. And these things, they draw out the gold within us. What I just see taking place today is just like, we're seeing prayer. We're seeing people taking hold of the kingdom. Like, mindsets are being shaken. And it's like, what is sturdy? What is unshakable? And it is the kingdom of God. Wow. You if I'm going to devote my life to anything, I want to devote it to the kingdom of God. You know, what's going to enable people to be strong in their faith? And what it is, it's the resurrection. First, it's First Corinthians fifteen fourteen. You know, it says, "Without the resurrection, your our preaching is in vain, and your faith yeah. is in vain." You know, yeah. you don't without a resurrection, you can you can you can if you want. People love to go and they love to dismiss and discount some of the stories in the Old Testament. Question whether Adam and Eve existed. They question whether or not. Israel was in Egypt for 430 years because of the lack of evidence that supports that, that you, go ahead, be my guest, go for it. That's not where my faith resides. My faith resides in the resurrection. Wow. If the municipality lost our marriage certificate, would you question whether or not my wife and I got married? No. You, You wouldn't, right? No. If we have birth certificates for all of our children, if we lost our birth certificates, would you question? Their birth, you wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. You know, when you go to over someone's house and they just had a baby, do you go to see the birth certificate? Go to go to see the child. You go to see the child. Yeah, right. The, the 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 documents document the person and the event. Okay, so the you don't get a you don't get a marriage license without a marriage. You don't get a birth certificate without a birth. You don't get a Bible without a resurrection. You just don't. That's the way this works. These are eyewitness accounts of people. Like think about Paul. He devoted his entire life. To destroying the church, and now he's building the church. What took place? He had an encounter with the resurrection Jesus. Wow! You know, look at look at Paul, look at Peter. When Peter when Peter put all his hope in Jesus, and when he dies, his hope dies with Jesus. Wow! Why should he go and preach to, and three thousand people get saved? But why Why should he go and get martyred, hung, hung up on a crucified on a cross upside down? What would lead a man whose faith had died and hope had died with Jesus? Why should he now believe in a lie? Note because he experienced the resurrection. Okay. So without the resurrection, we have no reason to have faith. If I look at these eyewitness accounts, the critics will go, they'll go all over, they'll dismiss all of the Old Testament stories, but man, they can't dismiss Peter. They can't dismiss Paul. You know, it's good. And then what I love about this, though, too, because this is for people who are struggling their faith, it comes, it boils back down to the resurrection, but it's also, what he says in 1 Corinthians 15 is not only is your faith not in vain, but your labor is not in vain. Hmm. Moments like these, where we're facing this pandemic, it makes us ask better questions. The things that we build with our lives, do they really matter? Because people have used all their efforts and labor to build their businesses and their companies and their 401ks and their bank accounts and their, their health relationships. And I'm not saying those are bad endeavors. Those are great endeavors, but it's not the main endeavor. Wow. Wow. That's good. And, and, and I, because you, you look at what's taking place today, and people who were healthy are not healthy. You know, people who are building up their 401ks, it's decreased by what, 20% or so? You know, they've lost a lot. People have lost a lot of money. People have lost their jobs. People have lost their lives. Yes. I mean, you, can, you can go building towards all these things, but it's amazing how quickly things can get, just get washed away just in a moment, right? Wow. This is what I do, Matter Because I want what I do to matter. I want to, I don't want my efforts to be in vain. And this is what Paul's trying to encourage the church of Corinth. It's like, not only your faith, not in vain, your, your labor, your efforts, they're not in vain. And, you know, there's that story of... (laughs) the 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 two guys in, in the sermon on the mounts to quote it again great sermon jesus good job <laughs> it but, right. it you know, good. Yeah, it was all right yeah yeah it was <laughs> all right yeah sermon on the mounts in, in matthew chapter 7 he talks about these two guys one who builds his house on a rock and one who builds his house on the sand yeah so good and i don't want to play in the sand no like i i don't want to spend my life just building in the sand i, I want to build on something that's solid that's the only thing that's going to last. That's going to, That's the only area where my efforts are actually going to mean something and matter. And so, like I told this story to our church, my uh, my daughter, my family, and I went on vacation to the Outer Banks, and we. I, I just like to keep busy. I don't like to not be busy, and so I can't just lie there tanning. Like I have to be doing something, <laughs> you know. So if I'm not swimming, yeah. I'm digging holes or I'm building sandcastles. So I'm building a sandcastle with my daughter, Kaylin. She's my second oldest, and. And uh, we worked on this sandcastle for hours. I mean, hours, right? I got sunburned really bad. And <laughs> I mean, it was really impressive. And then we're like, well, we got to dig a moat around this thing. So we dig this huge moat around the sandcastle. And it was so deep that, I mean, it's one of those things like, if I leave it overnight, you know, some person could fall into this and I could get a lawsuit type of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I left it anyway. So, um, <laughs> so uh, I was like... Yeah, I know, but, but uh, so the the idea was, you know, if high tide comes and high tide will come, will, will this thing last? Yeah. So we built the sandcastle, we dug this huge moat all the way around it, and then we turned in for the night. Next morning, we go out there, this first thing on my mind when I wake up, my sandcastle, and Kaylin too, she's like, dad, we got to go out there. We book it out to the beach. We look for the area where the sandcastle was, and it was gone. It was I mean, definitely. gone, gone. Like there was just pristine sand. Like you could wow. we walked around the area and it was as if we were never even there. Wow. And I don't want that to be my life. I don't want that to be my legacy. I, I, I want to make a difference. Yes. I want what I do to matter. I don't want to play in the sand. <laughs> I want, I want to build on the rock. I did a message a, a few years ago on this, and I just brought it back to the church this past uh, past Sunday with the, the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. And I, I won't read the whole thing. You can read it for yourself. It's Genesis 11, 1 through 9. And there's these five things that are taking place. In Genesis 10:10, 10, 10, it says that these are descendants of Ham, so one of Noah's three sons. And it says that they... This is, and as the people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they settled there. But migrated from the east is actually translated migrated eastward. Okay. And it's important to note that um, going east in scripture and what that symbolizes because going east is never a good thing. Going east means to move away from the presence of God. So when Adam and Eve disobeyed God in Genesis, Genesis 3.24, God places a cherubim and a flaming sword on the east side of the entrance. Hmm. Okay, so they moved east. When Cain was cast out, he wandered in a land called Nod, east of Eden, Genesis 4.16. When Lot moved, he, settled near, he moved east and settled near Sodom. Okay, it's Genesis 13.11. Israel went into exile into Babylon. They were taken east okay so east is always symbolic of going away from the presence of god west is going towards him when israel left egypt they they went east but they entered the promised land going over the jordan going west okay so israel returned from exile from babylon they traveled west when the wise men traveled bearing gifts for jesus they traveled west east means going away from the presence of god west means traveling towards the presence of god so with the tower of babel they're traveling eastward we instantly know these people are up to no good they're building a tower they're Mm. doing it on their own strength they're moving away from relationship with god Mm. secondly yeah they're building a tower to honor the heavens they want its top to go to the heavens so it's not necessarily to go to the heavens but to honor the heavens so it's to it's it's meant to be a temple then astrology and creation worship Mm. okay we're not doing worship with you god we're we're, we've got our own thing going on we're gonna worship whoever we want to worship and then they said, "Let's make a name for ourselves. Let's make our name great." So not only they're moving away from relationship with God, they're moving away from the worship of God. They're moving away from making God great. They're just there to make themselves great. Okay, this is all what it means to be a tower builder in life. Wow. And then they said, "Let's make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth." Now, God's original purpose and plan was for man to, mul- to fill the earth and multiply and, and to, uh, to fill the earth and subdue it. He wanted people to be dispersed over the, the whole face of the earth. This is no, God, we don't want to do that. We want to have our own. We, we're not about your purposes and plans. We're just about our purposes and plans. Yeah. So we're moving away from relationship with God, the worship of God, making God great, and we're moving away from the purposes and plans of God. And then the last one is moving away from the power of God. Because the name Babel actually comes from a compound word. Bab means gate. L means God. All right? So as for all of their efforts, all they get, they're trying to bridge the gap on their own power, in their own strength between heaven and earth. You know, we can, when you build your own tower, it's all about what you're doing. It's all about your purposes and plans. It's all about doing things in your strength. And people get fearful and anxious and worried. And because they're, they're not considering the power of God. They're just f- focused on their own power and their own strength and their own efforts. And that's why they get so worried and anxious and wow. worked up about yeah. things. So you know, good. we find this guy later on, Jacob, while in a state of rest, he doesn't discover Babel. He discovers Bethel, the house of God, <laughs> right? Which is all about being in rest is a position of faith. So he discovers that I don't want to build a Babel. I want to build a Bethel. I don't want to do things on my own strength. I want to do things in God's strength. Come on. I'm doing things with my own purposes and plans. Mine. This is just business as usual. I'm going to recognize my own strength. I'm, I'm not here for a relationship with God. I'm here to make my own name great. And so I'm just going to be busy building my own tower. But in life, there's two different types of building. There's tower building and there's kingdom building. And I don't want to be, be a tower builder because tower builders, what they get for the very end. And he says, it says in, in Genesis chapter 11, he can he says, they built this tower to the heavens, and he says, and God confused their language. And actually, the, the whole word, Babel, when you bring it together, it actually means confusion. You can build up fame and fortune and popularity and whatever it is that you want to build up. At the end of the day, when you get to the end of your life, it's just like, did my efforts even matter? Wow. Like, what was this all for? And a lot of times, people are just left with confusion. Like, What did I do with my life? And there are things that are just shaking right now. You know, there's so much that's shaking right now. But you know what? I've never seen the church praying like it's ever prayed before. Yeah, you know, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, you know, people rising up in worship and prayer, and just there's this mindset shift that's so needed right now. What's taking place is horrible, absolutely. But God has this beautiful way of turning things around for the good. I just see this mind shift that's taking place in people's lives and where everything else seems so shakable, there's the kingdom of God rising up and it is unshakable. And that's what I want to apply my efforts to. And so not only is my faith not in vain, but my labor is not in vain. Every time you pray, every time you worship, you know, what we think of these things, we underestimate the power of prayer. We underestimate the power of worship, but they are so powerful. And, you know, even Jesus says, even if you give a cup of cold water in my name to one of these little ones, you by no means lose your reward. You know, it's just like this is what it means to be part of the kingdom of God. It's about making an impact, it's about doing things with love in mind. It always comes back to this. Yeah. And so, you know, if I'm going to do anything with my life, I'm going to build anything. I want to build the kingdom. I don't want to play in the sand. I don't want to be a tower builder. And something that God was actually challenging me about just yesterday was have i made church a babble sometimes i think we can we, we end up trying to do things in our own strength and our own power absolutely i don't want to turn church into a babble like we get all worried and frustrated jesus says i'm building my church <laughs> i mean yes i'm a part of this and yeah. but it's about what he's doing not about what i'm doing yeah i'm just a partner in what he's doing so good and I was just, I was just getting worried about the church, you know, just, oh, am I doing enough? I was just asking Claire, like, am I doing okay? Am I doing enough? I... And and I just felt like God said, like, don't turn this into a babel. Hmm. Like, this is not your tower. This is my kingdom. This is my church. I'm building it. You're just partnering with me. And that's what I think God is looking for. He's looking for partnership. You know, we get to partner with him. It's not about what you're doing and making your name great. You look, you know, <laughs> trying to be like all the great pastors out there who are, have great, uh, you know, Sundays online services. I, I'm not here to compete. I'm just here to play my part in, in the kingdom of God. So And good. so, for everyone who, maybe this goes out to a lot of pastors out there, but your labor's not in vain. Your efforts are not in vain. And because of the res, and it's all because of the resurrection. Yeah. There are no dead ends, just new beginnings. God turns things around for the good. If we want biblical results, we got to live by these biblical principles and these promises. We absolutely do. And so I'm just excited. I want to use that word carefully, but I'm expectant. I am hopeful. He's shaking off the unnecessary things so that his church arises. And so his kingdom is seen unshakable in the earth today. So good, man.
0: Well, I'm about to get saved right now. <laughs> when you set Jesus in that first place and you say, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give it to you. I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When I make it all about me and the kingdom that I'm trying to build, and like you said, we'll call that, we'll call that a Babel, right? Or we call that my tower you know i'm focused on building my personal empire and i'm doing it in my own strength and i'm doing it just in my ability and in, in my opinion i'm building that thing up and it becomes something that now i'm responsible for and so yes. i have to work so hard outside of god's grace to make that thing work to make it yeah. last to make it remain and so it just leads to frustration it leads to burnout it leads to yes just a life where you're going like like we'll say like we're we're going eastward instead of westward we're going towards something that's maybe going to satisfy us or we think it's going to satisfy us for a time. But in the end, you know, if it's not built on that solid foundation where he's our focus and we, we give it to him and allow him to build it because whatever God builds is going to remain. Amen. And so there may be times where things shift and there may be times where something might seem like it falls apart for a little while. But either way, when God is building on a foundation that is based on his goodness and his grace, then it doesn't matter where you are. Like Paul said, I'm, I've learned to be content wherever I'm at. I've learned how to be abased and how to abound. You know, we can be content because we know that, that we're going toward him and that he's always going to be faithful to his word and he's always going to be faithful to bring that increase what did you say? Rest is the position, position of, of, faith. of faith. Yeah, I love that. Faith will allow us to move mountains. Faith will allow us to do impossible things, but it stands on confidence in who God is. It stands on this restfulness of being able to say, God, I'm going to allow you to have your way. I'm just going to keep my hands open before you.
1: There had always been new inspiration and innovation and inventions that have taking place within society through every great revival and awakening that's mm-hmm. been taking place and i just wonder is what new understanding and revelation does god want us to have of him and through it how will that affect as the church rises up how will that affect the society around us yeah we see great innovation technologies medicines taking place simply because the church cast off the business as usual wow, and, and rose up to just declare the excellencies of, of God. So I am – that's one of the things I'm kind of looking forward to is what advancements will this bring into the world around us simply through the church shaking off the normal so and getting ready for what God wants to do. So – I think God's going to inspire people with dreams and visions and innovations and inventions. I I think it's coming. I just, I I think that's part of it.
0: With you. 100% brother. Yeah, absolutely. Hey man, thanks so much again. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for being here. I was very, very blessed.
1: Thank Thank you you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Hope you'll come back. We'll do this again. Yeah. See what part two brings. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks to anybody that stayed through to the end. Appreciate your time. Keep building but not building in your own strength but build on the rock build on the foundation of jesus we lay such a foundation in our lives as we worship god as we make him first as we put him number one so i'm i'm believing with you for increase i'm believing with you for divine health i'm believing with you to see god's revealed in your lives in new ways and in powerful ways have an awesome week and i'll see you guys next time